dust and breath we all Welcome to This Good Word, where every week we look at one single word in an endless discovery of reclaiming what's holy about our humanity. My name is Steve Weens. I'm a pastor, I'm a writer, and I'm a father of three crazy boys. My hope with this podcast is to create an environment where you can continually discover who you actually are in the world. So feel free to check out my website at steveweens.com, S-T-E-V-E-W-I-E-N-S.com, where you can find links to my blog, to purchase my book, which is called Beginnings, The First Seven Days of the Rest of Your Life, and also links to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Hey friends, we're at episode 35 and the word this week is creativity. I'm here with Bob Stromberg. Hi, Bob. Hey, how you doing? Man, so good to be with you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I cannot wait for this conversation. I've been, I've been waiting for it uh, and I can't wait for people to hear it. So uh, Bob Stromberg is the co-author and star of Triple Espresso, which I've seen three or four times. It's been running for over 20 years now. Uh, an amazing show. He's also the author and star of the award-winning theatrical theatrical production, That Wonder Boy, which I actually like more than Triple Espresso. I love That Wonder Boy. It's your story. It's it's your life story. I like it more uh, too, Steve, because it's my heart. It yeah. is absolutely my heart. It's yeah. gorgeous. And you've been you. just doing something in New York recently with yeah, That Wonder Boy? Uh, yeah, we went and did the uh, United Solo Theater Festival in New York in November and um, we didn't know what to expect. Uh, as it turned out, 800 shows applied for it worldwide. 150 got in, and uh, we won. Wow. Uh, three of the top four uh, awards at the festival we won. So that was quite exciting. So. so, friends, Google that Wonder Boy and Google Triple Espresso if you haven't seen it. Just to get a little taste. I'm sure there's some videos here and there out there. It's They're, they're both amazing productions. They're hilarious and really touching. Uh, I love your work, Bob. Thank you. And uh, you're about to release a fantastic new online course called Mastering the Art of Creativity. And we're going to talk about that a little more later. Actually, it's Mastering the Craft of Creativity. Dang it! (laughs) Beep! Mastering the Craft. That's right. Bob Stromberg. Okay. Yep. Hopefully that's my first of many screw-ups that I will do, Bob, today. Uh, okay, first question. When did you know first that you were funny, that you were creative, that this was a part of your DNA? My uh, earliest memories are of, uh, I mean, first, second grade, wanting to be the class clown. I, I desperately wanted to be the class clown. Unfortunately, my dad was the principal. 
<laughs> so even even when I was a, a real little guy, my dad was the high school principal, and so he was the educator in this little town I grew up in in Pennsylvania. And uh, I, I knew that the that that oppor- opportunity was not going to come for me to be the uh, class clown. It just was not going to happen. <laughs> so I had to confine it pretty much to to our home. Yeah. Uh, but I could make my parents laugh uh, pretty much at will, and it was very really really fun for me uh, to do that. And so it was a I, I was getting attention yeah. that way, um, and I liked it when I heard them laugh and I saw their faces light up. I I lit up inside. And I, I think that was, that's definitely the first time that I remember thinking, uh, I wasn't thinking of it as a career, no. but, but as, I, as I started to get toward junior high and high school and see other comics on Ed Sullivan and shows like this, I started thinking, wow, I wonder if I, wonder if I could do that. Yeah. But nobody from my little town, I mean, I grew up in a town of 2,000 people and rural Pennsylvania and nobody there there were no role models to follow in terms of entertainment nobody at all people worked at the factory or they left and we never heard of from them again and um so I I I had to make my own way obviously and was there even like a theater uh production in your high school was there Uh, any of that stuff there were high school productions yeah yeah. and I and I did high quality I'm sure oh yeah right (laughs) I, I did what I could. Actually, I did what I could to be in front of people because, um, I mean, I, I, I had a, a lot of love in my home. It's not like I, I needed that. I just really enjoyed that. So yeah. uh, I've, lo- I've realized now, looking back, that even my athletic pursuits, I was quite successful as an athlete in high school yeah. and on really successful teams, statewide kind of teams. Uh, but I realize now... I don't have a competitive bone in my body, and I didn't then either. Yeah. But I loved performing out there on the on the court or on the field. You know, I loved I loved doing that and uh, getting that kind of attention. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is fascinating actually because I know you grew up in a home that was Christian, so did yep. I. And I remember because I always have loved that as well. I always have loved being. I mean, I was in the eighth grade production of The Wiz. I was the lion, and I just there was. I mean, I was a terrible singer, but I had a couple solos. But yeah. I loved. I loved people's reactions. I loved getting the reaction. But I think in the it's, there's something in the Christian sort of framework that says you shouldn't love getting attention. That's got to be something wrong with you. So. Uh, do, do you remember having to reconcile that or was that just a pro- like did your parents just say no go for it uh, was that a thing uh, it's interesting because not only was I small town not only were my parents Christian but they were Swedish and the <laughs> Swedish people tend to not show off a great deal um, but my parents I'll tell you they were remarkable yeah uh, I remember um, uh, my when, when I was I was maybe 20 years old and my parents sat me down and said, this was after college now, and they said, what are your intentions? What do you mean? What, what are you going to do? What yeah. are your plans? I'd, graduating from college, going to get married. They knew this. What are you going to do? And I said, you know, I, I think what I would like to do is I'll go, to, I'll go around to schools and I'll ask them if I could come and do an assembly program for them. And then they'll pay me. And um, I'll be able to pay my bills with that. But first, I'm going to go to a mime school in the state of Maine, and I'm going to learn how to do mime. And now, again, my dad's a doctor of education. He's the high school principal, and and um, 
my folks looked at me and both of them without hesitation said, that's perfect. They did? They did. That's oh my perfect. Gosh. Now, what a gift that was. My folks said, they just said, go for it. That's what you should do. Uh, they didn't say, well, you better have something to fall back on. Yeah. They, 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 that's how well my parents knew me. Wow. And I and, and it was really such an affirming thing because I knew my folks know who I am. That's it was amazing. Wonderful. Yeah, it was amazing. The second amazing thing is that there is a mime school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there still is, believe it or no. not. Yeah. And I've seen you do. I yeah. mean, actually, you know, we laugh about, but you are incredible. I mean, walking down the stairs, I, that, that whole thing is pulling the rope. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Well, those are illusions, of right. course, but right. there's also just learning how to allow your body to express and so right. on that comes out, out of that training. So fun. Yeah. So you had parents that really helped you be comfortable in your own skin yep. and really championed your performance. Yep, from the beginning. Gosh, that's really, yeah. really great. Uh, so 20 years ago, you and a couple of friends got together with a dream for a theatrical stand-up magic show, whatever it was, uh, that ended up being called Triple Espresso. Uh, how did that show come to life? And talk me, if, if you would, talk with me through about the brainstorm meetings yeah. that you and, and Bill and, and Michael had uh, and how that came to be. Michael Pierce Donnelly was the musical director at a, a Northwestern College, a show broadcast out of there uh, called um, uh, Sunday Night. And... Uh, he, I was invited to become a guest on that show. Really, uh, I was a kind of a regular for the last two years that it existed. And, uh, and I just love Michael's work. That's where I met him. And uh, so, uh, and I'd met Bill Arnold, uh, who was a, a, a magician comic yeah. uh, out of the Twin Cities. And I'd met him. We were on the same stage at a, a National Youth Workers Convention in Chicago. Yeah. And so... Uh, when we when I moved to when my wife and I moved to Minnesota, I called Bill up and I said, "You want to have breakfast?" And he goes, "Oh, that'd be great." So we arranged to meet at the Good Earth in Roseville. Oh yeah, I know that spot uh, well. Of course, and uh, we're and and then the day before, uh, Mike Donnelly called me up and said, "Hey, you want to have breakfast?" I said, "Well, I'm having breakfast with another friend. Why don't you join us?" So the three of us met in the corner booth at the Good Earth the northeast corner booth and uh at that michael was in the the play uh, forever plaid at the time yeah and i'd gone to see it and judy had said to me you know you could write something better than that and i said well i don't know what we how i would ever what what would i do with it if i did you know i don't i don't know anything about theater production so i mentioned that to michael and i and bill said we should write something and I said, well, we'll never, you know, we, we'll have to book it first because we're, we're the three of us are all so busy. If we we won't write it unless we book it, then right. we'll have to. Yes. And Bill said, I'll get it booked. So he called uh, uh, John Crosby at uh, Christ Presbyterian. Are you serious? Yeah. And uh, and John said, well, let's do a a, a, um, a family night. And uh, Bill called me up and said, I got I got it booked. I said, when? He goes, uh, Jan uh, February third. Which was one month away, no and we had way. we had nothing written. So the three of us. This was in uh, 2005. The, um, oh, excuse me, 1995. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, the three of us got together and we said, well, we've got we've got a month to write something. So we took some of the best that each of us had in our solo acts, and we wove a story around it, and we did an hour uh, for Christ Presbyterian, and it was a great success. 600 people came. Yeah. We threw away about 20 minutes and at and then wrote some more and wrote some more and and. Uh, did it again at Wooddale Church okay. a month later, 
and it was better. And at that performance, um, there was a, a, a director from uh, the Cricket Theater downtown Minneapolis. It had been there for 20 years. And uh, he said, would you like to be our final production next year? And we said, yeah. So we took, uh, we booked ourselves for six weeks, no guarantees that we would make a dime. In fact, even some uh, thoughts that we might lose a lot of money, yeah. but we said, let's, 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 you know, risk it. You have to risk it. That's one of the things about creativity. You know this, Steve, you've got to risk. You've yeah. got to be willing to step out and take risks, uh, either time, money, or reputation to, to do some oh, things. Oh, absolutely. And th- that's what we did. Yeah. And, it, and what was a six-week booking ended up being a 13-year booking at that theater. We never closed, except to paint our set for a few weeks, uh, once a year, twice a year. I mean, once a year, once every two years, we'd paint our set. But it ran 13 years. We did six weeks, and then we had to go to uh, San Diego because we'd booked it there yep. at, a, at a theater, Lamb's, Lamb's Theater there. And... Um, it ran 11 years there. So we recast it here. It yep. kept going. We recast it there. It kept going for 11 years. And it ended up being in 65 cities. We were in the West End of London for, for a couple months. And then, then the first Gulf War broke out. So we uh, everything shut down in London. We had to leave, unfortunately. Uh, but we were in Dublin, Ireland for two years with the play. Wow. It was an incredible experience. It was four languages. There were there were, there were uh, German casts and Danish casts no. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. People, uh, we, we uh, um, directed it with uh, our director, but we taught three Danish guys to do it. We didn't understand a word of Danish. We'd, we'd watch them do it, but we understood every line because we knew right where, where it was. You yeah, know? yeah. But that was quite an adventure, uh, Triple Espresso. That really was, that was one of the things that changed my life. One of the things, as I look back on 40 years, Triple Espresso was one of those turning points where I ended up spending 20 years doing it, uh, 10 years full-time. And then another uh, 10 years. I'm still, I'm, I'm in my, our 21st year now, and, and I'll do it again in November. I'll, I'll start up for another yeah. uh, eight or nine weeks uh, down, downtown. So, it, it, yeah. it, Yes. I, it, so there's, there's a couple of things I want to pull from that. Number one, it sounds like a lot of people think that um, creativity is something um sort of luck or but for you it's you are getting together with people that are also creative you're not sitting in your basement in your boxers wonder i mean i'm sure there's some of that with your writing or whatever but there's this meeting with two other creative people and then there's a challenge that just says we got to we got to ship something you know i mean we and, and so uh and then you and then we're going to ship it soon and so and I'm sure if you could see on video that show at CPC at Christ Presbyterian in 1985, there might be some cringe, right? I mean, like like there might be some, oof, that was the first time. But there's the sense of things get better and things age and things grow. And I think, um, I was thinking about this driving this morning and I thought, what would my definition of creativity be? And mine might be, a playful, imaginative desire to partner with something that wants to be born. You know, so there's this thing out there that's looking for, you know, it's a little bit Elizabeth Gilbert. I think she has this thought in Big Magic, but there's this there's this thing that needs to be created and it's asking you to do it. And would you risk reputation, money? Would you risk uh, doing it? Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That was a pretty profound what you just said there. Uh, but play is the word that yeah. that I pick up on. Uh, I really believe that that cre- uh, creativity is exploratory play. 
Um, and it's a process. Yeah. Um, I uh, was looking through some calendars uh, back in September, some old calendars, and I found one from 1975. And I said to Judy, my wife, I, I said, I, I realize that as of today, I've been doing this for 40 years. Yeah. Uh, totally self-employed, entertaining, uh, songwriting, acting, stand-up comedy, um, playwriting. I've been doing this for 40 years years and she said huh and that was the extent of our celebration right there our, that was our 40 year celebration <laughs> there was no trip to hawaii there was no but that got me thinking and i realized that creativity is a process yes um creativity is not something uh that certain people have right. certain special people have it seems that way right um but creativity is something that all of us I, i'm convinced that we're all born with it it's in our genes I mean, you think that we are we are are made in, in the image of our creator. Yes. Uh, so we're going to have some creative stuff in our genes, but it gets educated out of us yes. uh, through the through the process, and we need to relearn that. And um, so I started thinking, okay, what have I done for forty years? Because honestly, Steve, I know uh, Ken Davis yeah. uh, is is about the only guy I know. Maybe there's one or two others who have actually done it as long as I. Uh, Ken has done it a little bit longer than yeah. I have. Um, but what have I done? How have I, and I, and I realized that creativity has been, been what has gotten me through 40 years. And a lot of it is because there's a deadline. Yes. Uh, I've got to do it by now. Or the deadline might be, I've got to pay a bill. Mm -hmm. And if I, so I've got to do this booking. Um, and so somebody calls and says, would you do this for us? And you realize I'm not prepared to do that. I have no idea how to do that. I've never done a booking like that before. I, I, I've never led that seminar before. You say, yes, I'll do it <laughs> yes. because you have to. Uh, yeah. There's a deadline. There's a necessity. And so th th you do it and, and you you figure it out. Yeah. And, and through the process of doing that many, many times through the years, including writing Triple Espresso, which we had never done before. We'd never written a play before. Um, and that Wonder Boy and all of my stand-up, uh, every, everything is all my own writing. And I, uh, I realized that there's been a process to that. And uh, I, I break it down into three things, an acronym, really. I say, this is how you can get your Master's of Creativity degree. Yeah. Uh, G stands for grab. You grab anything that grabs you emotionally. And when I say emotionally, I mean any of your emotions, not just the ones that make you laugh or make right. you cry, but any, any of your emotions. Uh, when you have a thought, when you see something and you get a thought, oh, that moves me in some way, that grabs me, you grab it back. And you, which means you write it down yep. so you don't lose it, because you will lose it if you don't write it down. Right. And then you interrogate that. So you keep coming back to that growing list of things that you've grabbed. Um, and, and the more you grab, the better you get at grabbing. Yes. The more aware you become of your emotional life, and you start grabbing more things. You come back to those, and things will pop out to you. They'll jump out at you, and you interrogate them. Why do you move? Why did you move me? Why do you still move me? Right. How could I use you? Would you be used as an illustration? Could I use you as a comic story? Might might you be a song or a chapter in a book or a, an entire book like beginnings? There yep. was an idea there, a thought yep. that became an idea. So the you interrogate it. You interrogate that thought that you've grabbed. There's a there's a moment when that thought then, when you understand the truth about it, it becomes 
an idea. That's the moment of inspiration. Yes. Ah, that's the aha. Yes. God, yes. I think I can do that. Yes. Then you transform it into what you have there. So it's G-I-T, grab, interrogate, and transform. And uh, as I began to, again, back in September when I, when I went, how have I done this? When I look back on all that I'd done, I realized that I'd been grabbing and interrogating and transforming. Now, if you don't mind me just jabbering here. Love that. Another thing happens then right away. And this is an art, a thing that happens to every creative person. You go, is this really valuable? Yeah. That seems, doesn't everybody know this? Um, and for me to say this is the key, is that is that not uh, boastful? Is that not... Um, am I not setting myself up in some, uh, this it will never work? Right. Um, those insecurities start yes. coming. And then once again, you need to risk. Yes. So it's interesting when I, when I thought to myself, I can share this. Well, how would I share it? Would I, would I do it in a book? Um, I've been through that. I've written several books. I know what it's like to write books. Yep. And I just wasn't enthused about that idea. Right. And then somebody said, well, how about this online course stuff? And I, uh, I looked into that, studied that pretty extensively, and I realized this is the way yeah. that I can do it. So I began that process. And um, even as I went through um, six months of working on this, many times I would be, get hit by those same artistic insecurities. And then I would go, but wait a minute, I'm putting together this, what I think is a pretty beautiful, pretty significant thing here. And how am I doing it? I'm doing it by grabbing and interrogating and transforming. Every day I'm grabbing and interrogating and transforming. And I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that, that that is the creative process for any, any medium, whether you're painting or, or writing, any, anything kind of writing that you're doing, uh, dancing, um, singing, acting. I think that's the process. I, and I remember when we were talking about it about a month ago, yeah. I remember you explaining it to me and me immediately, it immediately made sense to me. It immediately, I immediately started going, oh yeah, that was grabbing. I, I was in a, I was in a post office waiting uh, in a long line that was moving very slowly. And this guy behind the counter had this monster of a mustache. And I mean, it was just amazing. And the woman behind me had this little tiny dog that she was, you know, that she was holding these tiny little feet. And she was, Anyway, she had this little tiny dog. And I remember thinking, I bet she takes that dog everywhere. And then the, the guy behind the thing. And and that turned into a blog post about noticing, about grabbing, basically. About, yeah. about um, I mean, <clears throat> if, if I was a novel writer, those would be two potential characters in my novel. You know? That's right. The guy with the walrus mustache that was grumpy and hard, and the woman with a little dog, and I mean, it's all over. And it and it may they may end up being right in something yeah. you write at some point. Yeah, you've still got them. They didn't go anywhere. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and I can just think of a million of those type of things. The same thing goes with preaching. Absolutely, it's the same process. You walk around. You're reading the Bible. You're walking. You're you're, you're grabbing, and then the interrogation is. Is this really true? Is this part of my life? Blah, blah, blah. And then transforming it into something that really will help people. Um, and so, <laughs> bump. And so, uh, you are about to release this online course, Mastering the Craft of Creativity. And it's based on those three creative disciplines. And tell me a little bit more about how you play that out. Because Ken Davis is in it, and Joel Hansen, of, formerly of PFR, is in yep. it. Uh, some other really, really great um, people. Sarah Groves. Sarah Groves is in it. Yeah. 
uh, some other people that are really masters at their craft of creativity. So tell us kind of how it works a little bit. You know, the guy Tom Wilkins, who is the maestro of the uh, Hollywood Bowl, is in wow. it. Uh, Stephen James, who is an award of a uh, New York Times bestseller. David Horsager, who's a New York oh, Times yeah. bestseller. Yeah. Tr- the Trust Edge is his yeah. most recent. I was just I was with book. him uh, this last winter. Yep. I, I met him finally. Yeah. yeah. Dave's a great guy. Um, so I, I knew what I wanted to teach about grabbing and interrogating and transforming. Another thing, by the way, that I wanted to teach, um, which I discovered, has to do with neural pathways in mm. our brain. Why is it that some people uh, feel creative or and are creative, and some people go, I, I couldn't be creative. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I'm convinced it has to do with habits, developing habits. Uh, really creative people, or just creative people, they develop really good creative habits habits. Um, and I discovered, and again, this is, this is brain science. I'm not yeah. saying I'm a brain scientist, but this is true what I'm saying here. Habits are formed. Uh, um, habits are neural pathways in our brain. Yeah. Neural pathways of behavior. And uh, we, we may think that we are people, uh, that we make lots of decisions. You know, really, we're, we're creatures of habit. Yeah. Uh, think about this. Um, the men out there, when you get up in the morning, what shoe do you put on first? It's the same one every day. I'll bet you anything. Think yeah, about that. Yeah, you put on the yeah. same sock, and then you put on the shoe. Which shoe do you tie first? It's the same shoe. And if you try to change that up, it feels so weird. I, I don't even want to do this. You yeah. move your body around so you can do it the way you always do it. But you don't think about that. Right. It never even enters. It's all non-conscious thought. And, and creative people have developed habits which are non-conscious behaviors that they do all the time of grabbing mm-hmm. and interrogating mm-hmm. and transforming preachers do that because they're ha- like you say they're having to do it all the time they're not thinking about it well maybe sometimes they are but it's happening all the time because it is a it's a habit yeah. uh, and i realize that that's got to be taught because we have to develop those habits we have to develop habits of observation yes um we uh, a lot of us walk into a room and now here I'm the teacher, but I'll, I'll confess this. I walked home after being gone for three or four days, and and uh, after a couple hours, Judy said, "You don't notice anything different in here?" <laughs> and I stopped and I kind of looked through the living. Oh, you changed the couch, you know? Yeah. Well, I hadn't. I hadn't observed, and right. and that there's a weakness there. Um, so we have to develop those those habits of of observation, and that can be taught. Uh, you do that by practicing something every day. And the, the neat thing is you don't have to practice all day. No. You practice something for 10 minutes. Actually, scientists say uh, four to 15 minutes a day. You practice something, so roughly 10 minutes. And if you practice observing something, I'm going to look at everything in this room. I'm going to look. And you do that every day. You're, you're going to develop a neural pathway. I started painting years ago. Uh, I, I haven't painted now for a few years. But when I was painting, I was seeing things I had never seen before. Yeah. Um, not only on the on the canvas, but I was seeing things in. I was seeing shadows. That mm-hmm. I, I noticed shadows aren't gray. Where did I get that idea? Um, chrome is not silver. It's bright colors in relationship to each other. And but I'd never noticed it until I started painting. Yes. And that created a neural pathway. It takes about three weeks. You've often heard that it takes three weeks to form a habit. Um, but it's not a good habit, by the way, in three weeks. It's, it's just that's how long it takes to right. actually build it. Yeah. And, it and, and neural pathways are built through 
thinking yeah. about something. Yes. So if you're thinking about good things, if you're praying every day, you're going to form a neural pathway. Uh, if you're thinking about bad things, you're going to develop a neural pathway. They will never disappear, but you can make them stronger and, and you can make them degrade and get really weak if they're bad habits. Yes. So, yeah. uh, When I was first learning about neural pathways, someone, is, someone explained it to me, like, imagine a little track that a marble might go down. And so you put the marble at the, at, at the top and the marble is just going to follow the pathway. It's just going to follow it all the way down. It's going to keep doing that until that pathway gets you know, uh, built in or until there's a different pathway. And, um, so you've talked about, uh, grabbing. I want to get into interrogating a little bit more because I think that's sort of the hinge point, you know, but I remember one of the disciplines I did around grabbing, I didn't have that language for it back then, but I just took my iPhone and I said, I want to, I want to take interesting pictures of, of, of things. I want to, I want to just, I want to use my iPhone. So it's yeah. with me all the time. Yeah. And I'm just going to look for things that might be interesting to shoot. And just that made me so much more uh, observant of what's happening around the world. You oh, know, yeah. I, I started seeing the, the funny, hilarious uh, people that are actually all over the world. I mean, like just, just watching people. I mean, if you stop and actually put your phone in your pocket and watch people in the line at Chipotle instead of looking at your phone. Um, a lot of them are, are not feeling well. No, they're grumpy. They're <laughs> seriously at Chipotle. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing, like talk about neural pathways. I, I think talk like I've had to discipline myself to put the phone away because I've I've found just the scrolling motion of blah blah. That's an anti <laughs> like that that mm -hmm. helps me. That hurts my creativity if I'm doing it too much. Yeah. So let's talk about interrogating more. So we've we've learned how to grab the idea. We've written it down. We've used Evernote maybe to capture it in our phones or whatever's easiest. We carry a notebook with us. Uh, we have a discipline at night where we just write down, you know, the 10 most interesting things that we saw that day. And then we turn the corner and we interrogate. Talk a little bit more about how we do that well. We need to keep coming back to that list and looking at it. Uh, some of those things on the list will fall off. Yeah, uh, they'll be there for a while, and and you might realize uh, I'm not feeling it. It's it's not there anymore. Yeah, the ones that stay on there, some will stay on for for ten or fifteen years. Yeah, uh, I had a uh, I had the thought that I, that one day I'd like to try to create a comic piece from my parents' uh, family slideshow. That I used to watch with with them when I was a kid, yes. pictures of us when we were kids, uh, and I thought there's got to be comedy there, and that was on my list for almost 20 years, um, and but I just never got to it, but it stayed on the list because it kept grabbing me every. It, oh no, there's something yeah. there, there's something there, something there, and it, it eventually became one of my most popular pieces. So oh, and um, it's a scream. I mean, it's I just watched part of it today, <laughs> just getting ready for this interview. Yeah. I just this the the the. Half of it is is golden, or like with a light. For, yeah, some are uh, some of our, our slides were burned up by the projector, yes. the bulb, and, yes. and uh, lots of double exposures and, and yes. real, real slides. You know? It is it is uh, hilarious. Yeah, thanks. But that's the kind of thing where some will stay on for a long time, others yeah. will fall off. But the ones that stay on, we need to come back to them and keep looking at them. Yeah. And uh, at, you you might think um, after months or a year. Uh, there it sits, but yeah. I, I can still feel something when I look at it, but it's, it's not giving me anything. Um, I've had the chance to speak to pastors often on, on uh, creating illustrations. 
And what I really believe is if you keep coming back and interrogating that list, mm-hmm. for you as a pastor, you're going to come up against a Thursday sometime when you're going, I've got nothing for yeah. Sunday. Yep. And you're going to come back to that. And the work that you've done in the scripture yeah. and the work that you've been doing creatively, and then that on your list, of, of it, it's going to go boom. And yep. there it is. And you're going to, that's it. It yeah. fits perfectly because it's been waiting that whole time it's just been there waiting yeah. for you yeah. to have to need it in yes. the right way so it, it's a mysterious process grabbing is mysterious why do things grab us yeah. uh, that we can grab back interrogating is maybe even more mysterious um, I, I certainly believe in a spiritual sense it, it's holy spirit stuff yep we interrogate it and and the holy spirit shows us what how to use it what the meaning of things are yeah and then, and then we're on. We, we transform it, and that normally the transformation process for uh, for a speaker, uh, you, you kind of know what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, but but it's, it's, then you got to write it out. Right. You know? yeah. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, I mean, for example, when I when I got the idea for my book Beginnings, I remember where I was, and I was in this little study, this little scripture study with this Jewish rabbi, and we were going through the days of creation. And all of a sudden, it was way more than just the days of creation. It was a book. And I just started scribbling furiously on this yellow pad, just note after note after note in the margins. My brain was exploding. I mean, it was just exploding. I, I, had, I, was, I was writing down potential chapter titles. It was just this moment of illumination, right? And, and then, of course, I had to sit down and work. And I wrote some chapters. I sent them to a friend. And he wrote back and said, Phew. Dude, I mean, like, not good. You know, <laughs> basically, <laughs> no like, kidding. I like the idea. He was, the idea is really compelling. But what I did at first is I wrote, like, every story I ever had was in the first chapter. You right. know, so yes. it's like, yes. maybe dial back, maybe pick yeah. one story. Yeah. You know, you don't have to, and then, oh, yeah. And so, um, and then another time of interrogation, I was, I was working on my book, I was writing, and I wrote this whole, I mean, I spent eight hours writing this one chapter. And, it was it was good writing. It, it was, but at the end of it, at the end of the day, I realized this is not going to be in the book. It, it didn't fit the character of the book. Yeah. So I think that's part of interrogating too is realizing not yet. You know that chapter is going to stay in a file, and it is. It's sitting there in a file. Maybe I'll use it someday. But it it didn't fit the DNA of that particular work. And so instead of being bummed out, I mean, I had spent a lot of work, spent the whole day working on it. I was actually really excited because my book had an energy, had a DNA, it had a, it had, it had substance, so that something wasn't gonna just fit. You know what I mean by that? Oh, absolutely, um, I do. And yeah. and the work that you did writing that thing, as you know, it wasn't wasted. That that becomes something in your in that you've grabbed now and right. you've transformed, and there it is, and it's waiting yep. for an opportunity to be used, and it right. and it almost certainly will find a, a place if it hasn't already. Yeah. It hasn't yet, but it's yeah. but it's and I it yeah. just it's so fun to talk about this. I, there's another character. If I ever write a novel, I know this one character that I met. It's an actual person. I was in jury duty uh, last summer, and I met this just the most fascinating human being. I've ever met. He's the, wore this purple suit. He had this immaculate, thinning, combed back hair. He had this way of speaking that was so. He, he enunciated every word. He quoted Shakespeare, but he wasn't a bombastic. He was just humble, and he just like I wanted to know this person. And so I'm 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 starting to write. I don't even know what's gonna happen sure. with that, but I'm just I'm, I'm writing. 
Yeah, but um, I've, I've always told people that that's one of the things I love about creativity. Nothing is wasted. No. Nothing is no. wasted. You can you can lose your uh, piece of manuscript with an inadvertent keystroke. Yeah. You can have your painting stolen out of the car. It doesn't matter. No. Nothing is wasted. The work that you've done, if at the very least, you've, you've continued to re- really reinforce those neural pathways that you've yeah. worked so hard to, to create. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, uh, you say that actually on your site for this class, you say you are made to create. That longing and ability are woven into your very genes. You know it's true. Now let's do it. And I was captured by that. And I think there are some listeners that even after all this talk, they're saying, no, nah, that's not me. I'm not creative. Uh, my brother's creative. My husband's creative. My wife's creative, but I'm not creative. What would you say to them? Well, I would say uh, that they're right. They're not creative at the moment. Yes. <laughs> but they but they can be. Yeah. Uh, if they want to be. If Here's the truth. Steve, if, if somebody doesn't want to be creative, right. then they're not going to buy this course. Right. And uh, or if they do buy it, they're just going to, they're not going to do it and they're going to ask for their money back, you know. So... I understand that. That's fine. But if if for those that go, maybe I am. Yes. Or for those who have ever felt, and I think this is most people, I always want to try this. I always want to do that, but I, I just didn't get around to it. Ah, it's too late. Right. That whole thing of it's too late. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've heard people in their 20s say it's too late. Uh, I interviewed people like Darren Streblow, who was uh, who was uh, didn't start comedy till he was 29. He now he's one of the best in the country, and uh, it, it you can start anytime. Yeah, and and it's it's much better to try something, and then realize. You know what? I'm glad. I'm glad I tried it, but I'm probably not going to pursue this any further. That's better than not trying it at all. At yeah. least you're giving yourself a, a chance. And I, and I think that the course. I I really believe that the course is put together that that anybody can do it. It's just a matter of putting in the time and 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 doing it. And not even a lot of time. It's just putting in. You know that your ten or fifteen minutes a day, and then any extra time that you might have, and as you get excited about it, you want to put more time into into working on it. It's a it's a six week course. Uh, actually, it's a five week course. Uh, it's in six modules. Two of the modules come out the first week, uh, but people can take it at, at any speed they want. Um, I'm teaching uh, through teaching videos, but I'm also presenting. Uh, some really fun performance stuff yeah. of mine and, and other people's, mainly my own stuff, yeah. um, that people will watch as examples of uh, how to do something or what comes out of a certain process. Uh, collaboration, for example. You're talking about uh, your friend saying that your first book wasn't yeah. wasn't, wasn't yeah. where it should be. Right. Um, the collaborative process is really important in creativity, and and you you found out when he told you that. Yeah, and he was um, totally right on the money, and I thanked him. It, yeah. it hurt. Oh, you like, oh, you hurt my baby. You but, yeah. And uh, collaboration is uh, creativity on steroids because you take the weakness of one person, um, and and somebody else has a strength there. Yes. So if if it's a only one other person or maybe two or two or three at the most collaborating together in a process or and. For example, I, I, I interviewed uh, Mike, Michael Isaac, who is the uh, production designer uh, for Steven Spielberg at DreamWorks. Wow. Uh, he's the third in, in command out there um, when he's working on a movie. If he's mm-hmm. not on that movie, he's not. But on, uh, it, when, when they're doing a big animated film, it's Steven and maybe Katzenberg or whatever and, and Michael. And, um, and he's collaborating with, with hundreds of people. 
who create when you look at the uh, at the credits at the end of an animated film, I mean, you can't even believe it. Of yeah. course, he doesn't meet all these people, but he's 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 collaborating with 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 at least dozens of people face to face. Yes, um, and it, 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 that's a fantastic uh, process, but that takes some work as well. Uh, but it's all a part of creativity, and and I really I believe with all my heart that that everybody has it in their we're created that way we are created that way you look at children yeah children play you know that 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 same person that you said would say to me i i I guess i'm not creative you know go back 50 years ago to when they were children on the rug toddlers on the rug did they just sit there and do nothing the answer is no they were playing yes and play is creativity that's at least for a child. That's what is happening when a child is playing. They're being creative. Will this blocks go on top of that one? Well, look at that. It did. Will this puzzle piece fit in there? No, it didn't. Will it fit in there? Oh, look there, it did. Yes. And there's that excitement when they when they get it. This is creativity, and everybody had that had that in them originally. Absolutely. And the fact that they don't have it now doesn't mean it's not still there. It means that it's that it, that it's just not. A strong habit, and it, and it can be rekindled. And that that neural pathway, that that habitual behavior, can be made really, really strong. And then that creativity begins to blossom, yeah. and that excitement comes, and that fun comes back. When you think about how hard you worked on your book, Beginnings, by the way, which is a great book. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not all, all the way through. You gave it to me six weeks ago. I've been so busy, <laughs> but I read the I read uh, the first chapter, Beginnings, and then Light, and uh, yeah. and and Expanse, Expanse, yeah. right? Um, but it's it was such hard work, Steve. Yeah, yeah. But it was so fun. Oh yeah, was I it loved not? It. I loved it, and and um, I'm working on my second book now. And for here's what's interesting too. I I have I am going through a process of letting beginnings go because yeah. it's it, it actually is done. I mean, yeah. my my it will do what it will do. It will do whatever it wants to do, sort of in the world. Uh, and I mean. I'll speak about it and blah, blah, blah. But I realized the joy for me is not in like checking the Amazon sales rank or, you know, like even celebrating how well it's doing or whatever. It's in the writing. And so the the fun of it for me is writing. And so I, I finally, like I nailed one of the chapters of, of this next book and I knew it. You yeah. know? And, I, yeah. and I, that means literally I didn't nail it five or six times I sent right. one to my editor right. he sent it back eh. you know and okay but then I knew when I nailed it I knew it It'll, I'll edit it some more but that feeling the sentence that's 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 delicious yeah think that gets real specific you start talking about a chapter yeah but start talking about three or four words yes the way those three or four words work together right yes. there that's perfect it's delicious so fun. yeah it is and, and and I think I have to keep remembering that's what's fun about creativity. It, it's the grabbing. It's the noticing. It's even the interrogating. It's the, it's the playing with it. It's the, it, it's the driving my car and then having a, a sentence hit me. I remember I, I, was, I, was, I was up on the deck. This was months ago. And a sentence, Bob, just floated down to me. And I had it. And it's a gorgeous sentence. And I will use it in the book. I wrote it down. It's there. It's waiting to be used. I don't know where yet. Uh, but the, you know, there it is, and so um, it you know, is fun. You know, Steve, you're asking about what what the course looks like. So I'm I'm teaching, but another thing I have are people like yourself, and you're one of them that yeah. I interviewed uh, for for the course. Uh, Joel Hansen's in yeah. there. Joel talks a lot about 
about sentences, just yes. words that come out. That, yes. that there's a certain flow, the way words get, can get are breathed out. Uh, that where you go, oh, that's it. Yes, that's 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 what I need. Sarah Gross talks about the moment of inspiration, which I describe as the moment when a thought becomes an idea. She says, for me, she said it's like a uh, one of those floaters on your eyeball. When you're looking up at the sun and you yeah. see the floater, and if you try to look at, actually, I've seen yeah. one right at this moment. <laughs> yeah. If you try to look at it, it, it goes off to the side. Yeah. Yeah. If you try to follow it, yeah. it you lose it. Yeah. But she said, I, t I try to look straight ahead, and I can see it off to the side, and I try to get as much info yeah. down as I can yeah. at that moment before it's gone. Right. And then I begin working on that, yes. and I begin that process. But what a great image of that that moment of inspiration and that, that creative process. Uh, okay, so... Uh, if we if we're interested in this course, which you are, of course, of course I am. Yeah. We go to bobstromberg.com. That's right? right. That's right. So b o b s t r o m b e r g. That's right. Bob Stromberg. I will uh, include these links on my show notes yep. so people can get it. And then it's it's in the I, I, oh. I was I was there today. It's yeah. just like you opt in. Yeah, right on the front page. Yeah. I, I made it so that everybody right on the front page of bobstromberg.com, it says uh, launching the week of the thirteenth. Opt in below, and then like three inches below, it's like opt in. You yep. can't miss it. And then it's one of these deals, and your listeners are familiar with this for online courses. You put in your your name and your email, yep. and then uh, next. Uh, Thursday, anytime after midnight, th uh, they will receive an email with a link to the first uh, video. Yep. They'll just click on it and the video will be there. Nothing else to do, nothing to buy. Yep. And uh, the first four videos are free. Wow. And they're filled with content about grabbing, interrogating, transforming. It's it's filled with stuff in there. And a lot of the stuff that we've, not not the same way that we've covered right, it here, right. but but a lot of the same content is there, but it's, it's good. So it, that content alone uh, is worth a, a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and they don't need to buy the course at all. It's all there. But yep. the course uh, really, really takes them It deep. fleshes it out. Yeah, yeah. you bet. And I, I've, I've seen all the modules. There's a lot of teaching, and there's a ton of interviews with really fascinating people. And that would be, uh, you, you know, beyond the four courses. But it's, it's Sarah Groves, it's Joel Hansen, it's Ken Davis. Uh, it's a ton of other people yep. so yep. very good 15, uh, 19 actually i think 19 uh, yeah interview, yeah interviewees yeah and they and they spoke they spoke up to 20 minutes yeah. uh, 25 minutes yeah. and and i was just blown away because once again when i started in this process i, I was thinking I is this real or yeah. is this just me yeah and then to talk to you folks and yeah. every one of you to go Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, it. It's lights out. Absolutely. Yeah. I could have talked for two <laughs> two hours. Well, you almost did. Away. We cut most of it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob. Uh, you know, so 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 we talked about the monumental success of Triple Espresso. Yeah. Um, but we also talked about risk. So tell us about a failure. Tell us about an idea that you had that was, and, and maybe we don't even want to call it a failure, but yeah. <clears throat> maybe in your mind, it didn't go the way you thought it would go. Uh, so as we've said, so many of the things that, that I might have for a while thought were failures actually turned out to not be. So yeah. I remember back in my 20s, I remembered investing in a recording studio in my home. I built a recording studio. I was writing, I was I was mainly singing back then and yeah. telling uh, fun stories between my songs, thinking that I'm going to be a I'm going to be a singer songwriter. Yeah. Um, and at one of my events, my guitar didn't show up, and I went, "Well, I'll, I'll 
string the stories together somehow. And I went, oh, that's got potential. Yeah. But for for uh, seven or eight years, I was mainly just singing and writing songs and and uh, worship leading before there was such a thing. Almost, right. You know? Right. Um, and I invested in a recording studio. I was in my late twenties. I had I had had no music education. It was all intuitive stuff. I wasn't very technical. I'd never done any recording in other studios. It was ridiculous what I did. Yeah. It was a crazy decision. But I thought if I had a studio right here, I'll go. I'll start creating and I'll yeah. do it. I won't have to pay somebody all the money that people have to pay to go into studios. This right. was pre-computers, of course. So, right. So studios were expensive. And uh, nothing came out of that experience except <laughs> except failure. You know, not, not one song came out of it yeah. that was ever sold to anybody, which was my intent, that anybody else ever sang on a radio. Yeah. Nothing. And it was about about three, three, four years of working really hard at that and then going, that's it, that's it. Let yeah. It and um, and so I just got out, and I still didn't look at it as a waste, though, because I I had learned, and I had also learned uh, uh, in terms of how to make decisions, how to make yeah. creative, what risks are good risks, and what risks are are crazy, yeah. you know, where you just go, well, I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that? Uh, that's not going to produce for me. But but when you start thinking about risks or ideas, and you think, do do I dare do that? Yeah, I dare do that. Yes. I can do that. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but that was a failure that I had. Um, you know, I, I wrote I, I wrote two books. I wrote one uh, that was published <clears throat> by Focus on the Family, Why Geese Fly Farther Than Eagles. It yep. sold 50,000 books right out, of the, right out of the gate. Wow. But that's because all those bookstores were there at the time, yeah. you know. Uh, and so Zondervan, Zondervan gave me an opportunity to write, and I wrote a book for them. Uh, called uh, Finding the Magnificent in Lower Mundane. Much better book. It was my second book. Yeah. Much better book. I yeah. was so happy with it. It sold about 3,000. And uh, and then it was off the shelves. And, the, and they said, well, I'm sorry, we're not doing anything. But that's, yeah. that's the publishing business, you yeah. know? Yeah. And uh, that was a... So I, in a way, that was a failure. But I still... Uh, all those things that I wrote, those yeah. 25 stories in there that I wrote, those chapters are... Are all I still go back and look at them sometimes and go, is there anything? Is there something here I can yeah. use? Something I, that, that I can do with this? Wow! So, yeah, you know I think it's I think the publishing industry in particular. So any writers out there, it, it you know, and so I've just published one book, but it's a funky. I mean, like if you say success for me is being a New York Times bestseller, then I yeah, you know, you, it's like <clears throat> boy, you better really. You better really bribe a lot of people to buy your book because um, very, very few people hit that. Even if they wrote a great book, there's a lot of great books out there that just went nowhere because of a lot of reasons. And so I'm learning success really, I get to decide what it is, what yeah, success is. That's right. And I better pick something that's going to really bring me joy, um, like an email I get or, you know, versus number units sold. I, when we put our success by units sold or popularity or fame or, and all that, I, I'm so, I mean, that's a lure for me. That That's, that's such wise advice, yeah. Steve. And, and, and I'm dealing with that right now yeah. with this course, right. because the course is coming out. I have, I honestly, I've worked for six months, almost 
I've been traveling some, but two two days a week maybe for my for my normal performing work. Yeah. Um, and then, or if I was in a Triple Espresso, I would be performing at night, but all day long. I yep. mean, these are long ten hour days for six months. Yep. And I have something that this is this feels like my baby. Yes. And it's ready to go out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know how people are going to respond to this. Um, so I, I feel that uh, I have to decide for myself, well, what is success? And I've decided uh, the course is what it is. Yes. Um, I really believe in it. Yes. If people buy it, I'm thrilled. If they don't, the course is no less because they don't buy it. Yes. My income is less. Right. But that's okay. That's all <laughs> right, right. You right, know, right. Um, I mean, I, I would rather that not be the case, but that's okay. You know, I mean, obviously you'd love to have a, a hit, um, but... That's not success for me. Yeah, uh, my, the success is those people who are going to take the course, who are going to respond and say, "This is really helping me," yeah. and then the relationship I'll have with them. That's a big part of this course. It's not just selling it and then you're gone. Um, I sell this to people when they when they enter into the course. I'm I'm with them through the process as much as they want me to be with awesome. them. Awesome! Wow! Uh, so that I mean, we'll be we'll be talking on the phone if we need to. We'll be yep. skyping if we need to. Yeah. I hope eventually, honestly, I hope that we'll be publishing our own stuff that they yeah. create. I hope that maybe we'll be getting together and doing performances. Uh, yes. Maybe out at Joel Hansen's barn, we'll get yes. together and do a performance out there yes. of people in the course who want to present the the art that they've created. So, um, yeah, so it's very good. exciting. Very exciting. Mastering the craft of creativity. Um, I'm excited about the project. Um, I'm excited to to dive into it, and because this this is the other thing I'm learning. I think I've been creative my whole life, and I've been intentional about it for about 20, 25 years. So I've I've been at it for a long time. But the great thing is, it's just endless potential for growing in it. You know, yeah. so end. I, there's always something to learn. There's always something to sharpen and and um and it's short of short of alzheimer's you 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 can't outgrow it right right uh uh you can be creative up till the till the yeah. the end whenever that is for you yes. which is that's i mean you can become more creative yes. as you go on so mastering yeah. the craft of creativity bob stromberg so again check my show notes steveweens.com or just go straight to bobstromberg.com and then just scroll down and you just click opt in, put in your email. You're going to get the first four videos next Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, which you're going to get the first one next Thursday. First one next Two Thursday. Two days later, you get the next. Yeah. For four days. So we're talking April uh, 14th. Mm-hmm. So depending on when you're listening to this. Um, and so excited. So, Bob, uh, just a couple more questions. Um, two, three people who really inspire you these days. Oh, my, uh, my pastor, Dave Johnson, yeah. inspires me uh, a great deal. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I can't wait to get to worship on Sundays. And um, as you know, because you used to pastor oh, yeah. at the Church of the Open Door in Maple Grove, uh, Joel Hansen is also our worship pastor yeah. out there, which we, and he leads us in a wonderful time. And, uh, yeah. But, but it's Dave... Uh, opening the word yep. that really um, 
fill, fills me up. I can't, I don't want him to stop and I can't wait till, till next week. And by the way, it's yeah. not just Dave there, but it's Al Shuck, another yep. pastor who was up last week. I was just, I was just blown away. Yeah. So my worship experience, really, uh, the guys yeah. and the women there yeah. who lead us are just a great inspiration to me. Um, I'm inspired by uh, comics as well yeah. and performers. Um, Brian Regan. Yeah. Um, I, I watched that guy. I, I don't know. I don't know if Brian's a believer. I almost think he would have to be to work as clean as he does yeah. in that particular market. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so few people do it. Uh, and he's, he's so good and so funny. So I'm, I'm inspired in, in that way. Um, I'm, I'm still really inspired by my mom and dad, mm. who uh, now they're in their late 80s. Wow. They continue to uh, be such an encouragement to me and to affirm my gifts. Um, when when we uh, did the festival in New York City at the United Solo Theater Festival with that Wonder Boy, uh, my mom, who is completely immobile now in a, in a chair and can't see well and can't hear well, she was in the front row in the oh, theater no way. Uh, with my dad. And just what a blessing that was. And I, re- I it, because for them to do that, to get somebody their their pastor yeah. to drive them from Connecticut two hours away into the city, which is a hassle, oh, yeah. into a theater, which is a hassle, yep. to see me. Uh, it was just such an encouragement, and, and uh, they they are they're continual inspirations uh, to me uh, as parents, inspirations to me to be. I, I want to be that kind of parent to my to my kids as well. Yeah, and my grandkids. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Well, Bob, I remember um, one Sunday at Church of the Open Door, you just mentioned it, I used to work there, and it was a Sunday that I happened to be announcing that I was leaving to plant the church, this crazy uh, risk that a couple of people really did walk up to me and, and honestly say, I mean, at Open Door, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? I mean, they were mad at me. Oh, yeah, you know? sure. Mad uh, and, and, and incredulous. Like, why would you leave this, this beautiful place? And it is. I mean, Open Door, I mean, it was my dream job for so many years and um but you said to me you you put your arm around me and, and, and you said you know everyone looks at a, that triple espresso and they think it's you know this big success and i mean i would say it is but you said 20 years ago it was just an idea that we might have been the biggest fools in the world to do it and we did it and so you were encouraging me follow follow this thing follow yeah. the 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 movement of god follow um, your creativity, follow this voice that's saying, you got it, you got to do this. And so how I would want to end this episode on creativity is, and I know you'd say this, is not necessarily to the people that cross their arms and say, I'm not creative. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Like, like you said, you're not creative right now. I would want to encourage the people that have that sort of faint glimmer in their eye to write that poem, to write that song, to write that book, to paint that picture, to build that shed so they can do their art, to um, make that children's book, to open that coffee shop, to brew that beer, whatever it is, to do it. Mm. You know, just to get out there. There are some bad risks, but... Most of us could take a step or two toward it before mm-hmm. we make a risk that would blow our lives up. Yeah. And what would you say to those people for how to get going? Well, this sounds uh, very much like a sales job to my to even say this, 
but I, I would say to get going, I, they should watch these four. I agree. These four videos. I was just hoping you'd say that. Watch them, and and they don't wouldn't even need to buy the course. You know, just yeah. watch the four videos. They're just filled with content, and they're filled with encouragement. And that's one of the that's that's what you need probably more than anything else at that point where you're going. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just somebody to say, you can do this. Yes. It, you can do it. It's worth the risk and and uh so along with the good teaching in there i think there's just a lot of encouragement that that you're giving as well even Mm -hmm. saying these things yeah well thanks so much bob uh this has been so good i can't i literally um i'm excited for this good word listeners to listen to this um i'm excited for people to take a step i'm excited for people to watch these videos and to be encouraged by you um and you guys bob he's so funny i mean just so incredibly funny and so helpful I think this idea of grabbing, interrogating, and transforming, just just roll that through your mind. I mean, it, it, it works. If you've created anything in your life, you know that that is fundamentally the process. So what would it be like to, to, to um, build disciplines and practices in your life where you're really doing that thing so that the work that you wanna create gets out into the world? And into the world might be with your five friends or it might be all around the world, who knows? Who knows? I tell you um, what it would be like. It would be like a transformation. Uh, you yes. would be transformed as a person yes. to do that. I agree. All of us would. I yeah. agree. Yeah. And that's a gift to the world. Uh, so, Bob, we end, um, or I end, the podcast every week with this sort of mantra. Um, so this good word is about reclaiming what's holy about our humanity. And so it's, it's just this, every week I, I try to look at something and say, we're not going for perfection. We're not going for the ideal. We're going for who we are. And, and we're gonna find the creative beauty in it. And so I say we are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and we're holy and we're in it together. And so I would say that to you, my friend, and uh, can't wait to see how this course does. Uh, I'm gonna be at a show that you're doing in May. You're, you're, you're doing something for the Covenant Pastors in May. So I'm bringing a team of people out there at some some and we're gonna laugh and you're gonna help us you know us poor pastors <laughs> who are carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders and we have a dream that um that we could take our boys to go see that that wonder boy uh and so oh, um, that that will definitely happen yeah can't wait for yeah. uh that to come back to minneapolis and or maybe we'll take them somewhere it, it almost certainly will be, will be back um next year okay meaning january february march in that area Got it. almost certainly now there are things being worked on right now so. and triple espresso is going to come back around the holidays that'll be back in 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 november yeah. uh, through january 8th okay yeah so okay gang i'll put all of this on the show notes i'll put links to triple espresso links to that wonder boy links to mastering the craft of creativity links to bob's website uh links to dave johnson's teaching bob mentioned dave johnson my former pastor uh bob's pastor his sermons um maybe in some clips to brian reagan because that's fun so thanks bob i really appreciate it thank you steve everybody grace and peace in it together